0: Welcome to Music for Life, Enhancing the Armstrong Concert Experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore the triumphant Second Symphony by Sergei Rachmaninoff and why it was such a triumph for the composer. Rachmaninoff's Symphony No. 2 in E minor will be performed at Armstrong Auditorium Sunday, February 24th by the Shanghai Opera Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Zhang Changxie. Today we will tell the extraordinary story of this symphony's existence and explore its beloved melodies. So stick around as we explore some symphonic rock, Manonov, today on Music for Life. The existence of a symphony number two by Sergei Rachmaninoff is a testament to human perseverance and overcoming. Symphony number one had been an unmitigated disaster. The composer called the 1897 premiere, the most agonizing hour of my life. The performance did not go well, some say due to the orchestra being under-rehearsed and poorly conducted. Add to that, it was panned by an influential composer who likened the work to a student composer from a music school in the underworld writing a symphony about the plagues of Egypt. Harsh. <laughs> The abysmal premiere and the harsh criticism threw Rachmaninoff into a state of great depression for about three years, during which time he wrote almost nothing. After several months of therapy, though, perhaps helped by an infatuation with the doctor's daughter, Rachmaninoff began to compose again. The first piece to break through this dark period in his life was the famous Piano Concerto No. 2, which we discussed back in our first season. But the real triumph came in getting back on the symphonic horse, so to speak, and attempting a Symphony number 2, and what a real triumph it was. The composition itself shows a renewed confidence, though the composer wrote it in secret over the course of a couple years, 1906 to 1907. After rumors of the project were leaked to the press, however, Rachmaninoff confessed to a friend, quote, I have composed a symphony, it's true, I finished it a month ago and immediately put it aside. It was a severe worry to me, and I am not going to think about it anymore, unquote. But he did continue refining it until its premiere in January 1908, The composer's achievement was not only well-received, the work itself won the coveted Glinka Prize of 1,000 rubles. The whole work lasts just under an hour, an epic length for any symphony, and a little too long for us to play the entire work on this program. Some conductors started implementing cuts, to which Rachmaninoff apparently never objected, and which gutted nearly a third of the work's duration. Now, more recently, given Rachmaninoff's accepted stature in music history, orchestras now perform the entire work as the composer intended. Let's hear a little of the first movement to get us started, which we would expect to be a moderately fast movement with two contrasting themes, as most symphonies are constructed that way. This is the case for Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony, except that this main section is preceded by a slow four-minute introduction. Before we hear that, let me introduce you to the two main themes of the movement. The A theme, the first in the main quick section, is presented in the home base key for this symphony of E minor, and it goes like this. The contrasting B theme is in the cheerier-related key of G major and juxtaposes winds and strings like this. The winds play while the strings answer with You'll hear fragments of that A theme throughout the slow introduction, particularly from the low strings right at the opening. Listen carefully. Here's the first movement of Rachmaninoff's Symphony No. 2 in E minor, Opus 27. We'll be hearing a recording of Maris Jansons conducting the St. Petersburg Philharmonic Orchestra, and we'll just listen to the slow introduction as well as the two main themes of the quicker main body of this movement, what we would call the exposition of the first movement. And just as a hint, you'll know when the introduction is about over and the exposition is about to begin because you'll hear plaintive fragments of the upcoming A theme in just a solo English horn, nothing else happening in the orchestration. Enjoy this opening portion of the first movement of Rachmaninoff Symphony No. 2. So we just heard the main two themes from the moderately quick first movement of Sergei Rachmaninoff's Symphony No. 2 in E minor, what we'd call the exposition of the movement. That exposition was preceded by a slow, about four-minute introduction that foreshadows some of these melodic ideas. We are exploring this work today in the lead-up to its performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Sunday, February 24th, by the Shanghai Opera Symphony Orchestra with conductor Zhang Changxia. The second movement of this work, out of four total, which is the number we'd expect of almost any symphony now, is a brisk and lively scherzo-like movement. Despite the jovial nature of the music, the main melody from the main section of this work is based on a melody from a sobering Latin hymn about the Day of Wrath. This was a theme that many composers were drawn to, and Rachmaninoff made continual use of this motive in many of his compositions. This Day of Wrath, or Dies Irae, tune, goes like this. And here's how the main theme of the second movement goes, and I think you can hear how he adapts that ancient tune into this melody. And here's what that melody sounds like in the orchestra. This main section also has a more lyrical, contrasting secondary theme as well, which goes like this. Now, after all that, the movement appears to finish quietly, but Rachmaninoff throws in a completely different middle section suddenly, marked by quick staccato string playing that sounds like this. After this idea is thoroughly explored, Rachmaninoff leads us back into the original main section we heard at the beginning, which has the Dies IRE inspired main melody plus the lyrical contrasting melody. Let's hear this movement. Now, to save time, I'm going to start at this middle section and let it build back into the main section, which contains the two themes I played on the piano a moment ago. Again, we're hearing a recording of the St. Petersburg Philharmonic Orchestra under the baton of Maurice Jansons. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. On today's episode, we are exploring the triumphant Second Symphony by Sergei Rachmaninoff in the lead-up to its performance on February 24th at Armstrong Auditorium by the Shanghai Opera Symphony Orchestra. We have already discussed why this symphony was such a triumph for the composer, a testament to human perseverance and overcoming from someone who nearly gave up entirely on composing. Now we are exploring each movement of the four-movement work and the beloved themes contained in this work. We just heard the last two-thirds of the second movement of this symphony in a recording of Maurice Jansson's conducting the St. Petersburg Philharmonic Orchestra. And speaking of beloved themes, the next movement contains probably the sweetest, most accessible tune of all. You'll hear it right from the beginning in the violins and then from a soaring solo clarinet. This tune ended up being the basis for a popular song in the 1970s, Eric Carmen's Never Gonna Fall in Love Again. Here's the most recognizable part of the melody, which I'll play first in the orchestral setting. Now let's hear it in a little of Eric Carmen's pop song. So I think it's pretty easy to hear how that song uses the exact melody from Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony. Let's hear this movement in its entirety. This is one of those movements that really doesn't take a lot of musical training to enjoy on a first hearing. It's full of just sweet-tasting, yummy deliciousness and plenty of goose-bumpy moments. This is a recording we've been hearing of the St. Petersburg Philharmonic Orchestra with conductor Maurice Jansons. That is Music for Life, and you are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. On today's episode, we have explored the triumphant Second Symphony by Sergei Rachmaninoff, why it was such a triumph for the composer, a marvelous example, as we talked about, of human perseverance and overcoming from someone who nearly gave up entirely on composing due to a disastrous Symphony Number no. 1. We have been doing this in the lead-up to the Rachmaninoff Symphony No. 2's performance on Sunday, February 24th at Armstrong Auditorium by the Shanghai Opera Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Zhang Changsie. They will also be performing Tchaikovsky's extremely famous Piano Concerto No. 1, which I plan to discuss on our next episode. In that episode, we will also talk more about the conductor, orchestra, and piano soloist coming to Armstrong for this event. More information about this concert and all Armstrong Auditorium events can be found at ArmstrongAuditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong Auditorium on social media, of course, and follow this podcast and radio program on social media at the handle Music for Life Keep those likes, retweets, and reposts coming. We also appreciate any other feedback you care to send this way. So we just heard the exquisitely gorgeous third movement of Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony, and we've been listening to a recording today of Maurice Jansson's conducting the St. Petersburg Philharmonic Orchestra. We will conclude today's episode by hearing the festive fourth and final movement. Before we do, let me briefly introduce you to a few things about it. As with the other movements, there are a few contrasting themes presented, and they're gorgeous themes, as Rachmaninoff had a knack for writing really catchy and beautiful tunes. And you might even notice as the movement gets quiet and slow for a small phrase, you'll hear the violins recall that catchy tune from the third movement. And while that is happening, and on top of that, at the same time, the winds are reminding us of material from the first movement. Now, so you don't miss that, let me play you just that little snippet here. Isn't that wonderful how Rachmaninoff can weave so many great melodies into this finale? A summation of the entire symphony. All right, so without any further delay, here is the fourth and final movement of Sergei Rachmaninoff's Symphony No. 2 in E minor, though Rachmaninoff writes the final movement in the key of E major. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.